Have you ever wondered whether the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment, and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your hosts, Brian Burnerman and Kayla Grimble, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and changemakers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Burneman, your host, and I have the pleasure to be joined with the incredible Monica Moran, all the way from San Diego in the U.S., Thank you so much, Monica, for taking the time to, to be here with us and for, for sharing what you do all the time and what you've been doing now for, for a long time. And I know you, I've been following you and I've been following Cryon for many years, but for the people that perhaps are new and don't know who you are, who is Monica? <laughs> What a great question, Brian. I think that's all of our questions, really, if we were to say, who am I? Isn't that really the meaning of life for us to discover who are we? And to answer that question, who am I? I think the perfect answer is, I don't know. Mm. I don't know who I am, but I'm on a path of discovery to find out. And I think that's really my introduction to say, instead of Monica Morani is this, I still don't know. I am on the path of discovery. And I really hope that that is what brings you to listen to the Conscious Action podcast is because you're also on a journey to discover who am I and what I can share with you on the path of my discovery is that you and I are way bigger than anything we were ever probably told when we were growing up. Because really, our bodies, our 3D bodies that are here walking along on the beautiful planet Earth that we live on, we are simply having an incarnation of an experience And our body contains, it's a vessel that contains these beautiful multidimensional energies that make up your soul. And your soul is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So I think that's what makes it uh, very exciting right now is that our, I think our final frontier that we are exploring, it's not necessarily outer space. It's not really the deepest parts of the oceans, but the new frontier we are exploring is our own soul, which is vast in its magnitude. And there are so many new ways that we are discovering our soul and the interconnectedness. I mean, for years we've had our teachers and yogis and gurus talking about the oneness that connects all things and yet when you look in the mirror in the morning and just see one face one body one set of eyes staring back at you it tells you or you think 
that you are just one body, one thing, one soul. And yet your one soul is actually a soup of many souls. And that is what makes it possible for us to co-create in ways that we never even dreamed possible. Uh, But briefly, Monica Morani, I have a passion for exploring spiritual concepts and pulling those kinds of ideas and information together and presenting it in ways that other people can interpret. And my own spiritual journey led me to the work of a gentleman called Lee Carroll, who channels an entity called Cryon. And I actually don't even like using the word entity because Cryon represents a group. You could kind of even call it angelic, if you wish, because every message that comes through Lee delivered from Cryon or the entourage of Cryon or the group of Cryon is very powerful messages that are filled with love, benevolence, and so honoring of the human, so deeply honoring of the magnificence that is contained within each and every human that is on the planet. So I know, Brian, that was a little bit of a long answer. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) I love that. I I, I love that because I think that, and this is one of the reasons why I don't like reading a bio of someone or saying stuff like, oh, Monica Moran is, and, and things like that, because we are so much more than than those labels that we have and and those things that we do and as you say it's it's a it's that path and that journey of of discovering that who we are and how we are interconnected i love that thank you for for sharing that um but one of the things that i'm really interested is you you mentioned your own awakening yes what what was your life before that and what happened that made you awaken and be more aware okay so my background is that i was born in australia i had hungarian parents who immigrated to australia so i was born up in a hungarian culture but then got immersed into being australian and one of the things that i absolutely loved was being in nature I loved the animals and the plants and learning all about them. So I actually went and got a university degree and then I went on and did an honours thesis and it was all focused around the environment. And this led me to a job working as a national park ranger within the national park system in Australia. And I absolutely loved it. Nothing gave me greater joy than to be heading out of the city to go to work, be immersed in the beautiful forests and parks, and really be working with the trees and the animals and the plants. Now, I had that connection but the only kind of spiritual instruction that I was given was through the Roman Catholic Church and I think there were moments where I would pray and say the Hail Mary and do all those things but it didn't really create a spiritual practice 
in me. And I didn't really mm. invest myself into the doctrine because there were things that were being taught by the church that didn't really align with what I was experiencing of the world. So I kind of had that little bit of an introduction, but it used to just be in the background. So for many years, I was working in the national park system. And of course, I met and married one of the other gentlemen that was working in that system. And for me, I I felt I had the perfect life. I had a husband that loved me and loved the outdoors. We did everything together. We were living in a beautiful ranger house by a river. We would go fishing and hunting and doing all those things together. And then it wasn't until a couple of years into the marriage and I was actually wanting to have a child with my husband and I remember very clearly the moment when my husband at the time said, you know, I know we want kids but I really I really don't want to have them. And that started to unravel the impending breakup of our relationship because not long after I was told that, you know what, I don't just not want to have children, but I don't want to be with you anymore. And so Mm. this really just cracked my heart open so deeply. It was such a, a deep wound for me. I was in a real trauma with it. And what's interesting to me is that marriages fall apart all the time. And yet, how we experience it individually has everything to do with our own life lesson or our own journey. Today, I am so thankful that my husband at the time had the courage to end our marriage because it provided this opportunity for me to begin that question of who am I and how is it? that this entire situation became created. I didn't have a clue. I was broken. I was weeping. I was so open to trying to find answers that I wasn't able to find in any other place. And, you know, the answers to my question came in a very unusual way. I would go to work And I'd be really crying, upset and miserable. And one of the guys I worked with would just tell me, you know, Monica, you should go and see my wife, Linda. She does Reiki and she does spiritual healing and she'll be able to help you. Now, I would just roll my eyes at this gentleman telling me to go see his wife who does Reiki and spiritual healing and that she would help me, me with my broken heart, how is that going to solve or fix anything? Now, at the time, it wasn't just my husband that had left me, but I was close to both of his parents. But in a very short space of time, both of his parents passed away. And so it was, again, this huge crack in my world that I knew it and this one entire part of 
my extended family through my husband had almost dis- disappeared. And so finally, when this friend of mine kept saying, Monica, you should go see my wife, Linda, inside I was just screaming that, oh, my gosh, if he says this one more time, I'm going to explode. <laughs> so to stop him from saying that again, I said, okay, Rod, I'll go and see your wife, Linda, because in my mind I thought nothing's going to happen. I'll have satisfied him to go and see his wife and I can move on. So I went to go and see his wife and as soon as I walked in the door, she started telling me, oh, Monica, yes, I knew you were already here. I had your angels tell me you were down in the corridor and I was ready for you. And she proceeded to talk to me about my mother and father-in-law that had just passed away. And Mm -hmm. I knew that I hadn't shared that part of it with Rod. So she Mm -hmm. could not have known that. Then she said she was going to put me on her massage table and just do some healing and adjustments for me. I was on the table and she had some beautiful music playing. And in the process, I had opened my eyes slightly and I could see that she was right at the end of the table by my feet. And when I closed my eyes, I felt two hands pressing on my shoulders and I knew it was not her. And I also knew that it was my mother-in-law who was there with me and it just kind of cracked open this space of knowing when something is so real and yet never having the 3D brain to put it all together. So I actually had two more sessions with Linda after that one and it really began my being open to learning about energies and other aspects that I had no idea about. I started devouring books on anything spiritual, such as uh, The Lightworker's Way by Doreen Virtue, The Celestine Prophecy, The Secret, anything I could get my hand on that was a realm of spirituality that I had never been exposed to. Now, something also happened in the last session that I had with Linda. She had some music playing and it took me into almost like a trance and I got this very clear vision of some Indigenous in a canoe and they were chanting and they were calling me in the chant and beside the canoe was this beautiful landscape of snow-capped mountains and as they were paddling and chanting and calling me I instinctively knew that it was Maoris in the canoe calling me to New Zealand and when I returned home from that experience I immediately started googling ranger jobs in New Zealand And there were so many jobs on offer. So I applied for three of them immediately online and I received interviews for two of them and job offers for two of them. 
So that was just this wild thing of how that happened where I, I just got that call and I actually moved to New Zealand to work in one of the national parks there on South Island and my very first yoga class in New Zealand, I was given a book called Cryon Book 7, Letters from Home. And I started reading this book and there was a tingling in all of my body and the energy was just moving through me. And in that book, there was also a chapter on some energy work by a woman named Peggy Phoenix Dubrow. She's the originator of the EMF balancing technique. And as soon as I read her chapter, I just knew I had to do her energy work. Mm. But here's the thing. When you have a very strong intellectual brain that questions everything and gets into the logic I had a journey where I was so open and feeling energy and then I was resisting it and shutting it down so I managed to orchestrate finding an EMF practitioner teacher to come and teach not just me but three other students in my place and that in itself is an another story for another time But I was midway through doing that training and then thinking all of this is nonsense and I'm not Mm. feeling the energy that the other girls in the class are feeling. So it was this constant dance between surrender Mm. and resistance and then surrender and then resistance. And so I want to just encourage those of you who are possibly on the beginning of your own awakening journey, that it's okay to question things with your logical mind. It's okay to resist things. The real way you're going to get your own answers is to surrender and open your heart. And if the energy or the information feels benevolent and loving, and supportive and keep following that thread if you receive any information that tells you you have to do certain things you should do this it's only sequestered information for the chosen few i would probably question that a little further use your own discernment to discover what is true for you because you know there's many paths to unraveling that question, who am I? And the path for you may not be the path for your neighbor or your friend or your fa- even your family member. So the path that I have followed and chosen, there are those in my biological family who are not wanting to receive their spiritual information in that way. And that's okay. That's actually what took me quite some time to come to peace with because my mother is very strict Roman Catholic. And I remember when I was first starting my EMF energy work, uh, she actually bought me this uh, book for Christmas and it was about uh, Christianity and the New Age. And it was all about how this 
Catholic person got seduced by the new age, but then, oh gosh, thank goodness, uh, a priest helped them to come back into the Roman Catholic religion. And this book was done as a warning to all of those who, who would possibly dabble in the new age. So I remember having some very spirited conversations with my mother in that early beginning stage of my own awareness and awakening. And yet now, turn the page, I start, I moved out of being a ranger and started doing my energy work. Really, I would say 2012 it was a strong markation for me of really stepping into the role that I do now. And over that decade or more, I've really come to a place where I can just love my mum so much and hear her telling me about her doctrine and her belief and just smiling and allowing her connection to God in the way that works for her. That's so beautiful. Such a beautiful story. And I think that, I mean, I, I could listen to you and for so long. I think that the, the way that you were sharing it as well, I could feel the experience. And I believe that for so many people that I have worked with through the years and that I met, it's so interesting because it's never how we um, think that things are going to go how we end up opening up. And, and I love the fact that you use a few words, that open heart and that surrender. Because for me, there's so much around the somatic experience about the body in terms of our energy and our connection with our feelings and with ourselves. That is so important to get to that place of opening and trusting that there's the inner knowing, the inner wisdom that is going to lead me on the right path for me. And as you say, not comparing it to anybody else, everyone else's path is their own, yet what resonates with me. And I think that I have learned this through the years as well. Uh, as you mentioned, 2012. 2012 was the year that I also decided to make a big shift in my life. I ended up moving to California and I lived at a Tibetan Buddhist retreat center for a few years. And it was the, okay, I need a big shift in my life. And ever since then, that has been my main path. And it's so interesting that by working with some of these Buddhist teachings and other um, teachings that I have followed and practiced, how I learned this is not for everyone. And the people that resonate with it will come and they will actually um, resonate with it and practice it and would love to do that. And there's a lot of people that are not, you know, that's not for me. And for me as well, sharing is being okay with that, being okay with not everyone will want what I'm sharing. Not everyone will want that key. That key doesn't open that door. It's another key. So how do we go with that? And I'm, I'm so interested, uh, Monica, if you wouldn't mind sharing in terms of, of this that, that you were talking about on your own journey, but as well, this is a general topic. There's a change of energies that happened after 2012. And we've been going through, especially this last 
year and a half now through a lot of changes. How can people see these two different perspectives in a sense that is what's happening in the 3D world and what's happening energetically and what's the difference and what's the connection there? Well, that's a great question. And what I want to do is pull it towards what is happening now. We are in extraordinary times where the global planet has been stopped in its tracks because of the COVID pandemic. However you want to call it, we are going through a massive shift on the planet that for many it's created fear, it's created chaos, it's almost like those who are invested in an old prophecy of Armageddon are saying, see, see, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. Look at all the protests that are happening. Look at the movements that's been resulted, such as Black Lives Matter. Look at the Me Too movement with women. Look at the horrible things that are happening with uh, human trafficking and having children in sexual slavery and so many things on our planet that really look ugly and really cause people to be in dire panic and anxiety and fear and worry. So I want to just use that, what is happening right now, and see it from a different perspective, a different picture where those things have been going on the planet for a very, very long time, but many of those were hidden or untouchable. And so now we're actually having so much light being generated on the planet from people who are awakening. And let's just look at that. What are they awakening to? We are awakening to a deeper truth of interconnectedness, a oneness, of compassion, of love, and that energy, that vibration causes so much more light to be generated on the planet. And what happens when you put a light in a dark room is that all the things that were ugly are now exposed because light is being shed onto that dark and ugly thing. And the reason it's being exposed is because we're going to create solutions to clean up those things that are no longer appropriate. So I, you know, I love looking back in history. And if we just look at like one example, which is Queen Elizabeth and the monarchy. So we have this whole history of the kings and queens in England. And if we just look at how someone was replaced to get on the throne, we were really barbaric. There were mm. Uh, always plots to kill the person that was on the throne so that you could get on the throne. That is a real old energy, old consciousness that today we take it for granted that no one's going to go and kill Her Majesty to get on the throne. It doesn't happen that way. But it took a long time for it to get there. So we're really in a, a massive rebirthing 
of consciousness on the planet. And so we're, we're wading through a shift in consciousness and it's really starting to be a clash now of low consciousness and high consciousness. And if you see all the movements that are happening on the planet, it has to do with our level of consciousness and where we want to take it. And so my advice is to not buy into what the media is giving us, not buy into the fear, not buy into the anxiety, but to just uh, have a look at all these shifts and how it's going to generate solutions that we never even knew we had. When we are being pushed into uh, stopping the, the planet, it's, it creates a, a pause. And, you know, when you go see a therapist or anyone to get help and, and you're sick and tired of doing all the same things, the first thing they tell you is to just stop everything and do something different because nothing's going to change if you keep being on that same path. So, Brian, I love too that you also said in 2012 you had your own shift and you you moved and you did something completely different. And that that's we're going to look back at this time on the planet and really see it as a beginning of something so incredibly new that we're finally moving into a place where things are going to matter like integrity, compassion, benevolence, hope, all, all of those attributes are going to be driving where we start making decisions from. And that's where I love to say that what we are experiencing on the planet is an increase of the wise divine feminine and part of that comes from our planet earth i think one of the missing pieces and why we're also experiencing this with the pandemic is that we actually have a partner and our partner is the planet and our planet is alive it has sentience it knows you and the indigenous all carry a connection they have ceremonies with the planet they acknowledge the planet they know that their ancestors are connected to them through the grids of earth on the planet and so this is also an opportunity to not just clean up all the ugly things that we see in humanity but it's an invitation to reconnect with our relationship that we have individually with the planet that's so beautiful and and for me and this is one of the main missions with conscious action is really to to get out of that disconnection and to connect us again to connect us with ourselves to connect us with each other to connect us with our mother earth and and i love that that you mentioned that because growing up in in argentina the Pachamama was always uh, such a big, uh, a big thing. Like it's it's that connection of all of the indigenous people in in Latin America, living here now in Aotearoa, in New Zealand, 
the Maori with Papatuanuku, or if we want to call her Gaia, that consciousness of the earth, as you said, she's alive. And that energy is also in partnership with us and we are co-creating. And it's really interesting how we can partner with that energy as well. And in these times, and I, and, and I would love for you to, to explore a little bit more on that divine feminine because it's partly our mother earth, but also it's partly what's happening in, in the world now, as you mentioned, the Me Too movement. How is that rising of the feminine energy impacting our lives now? Thank you so much. So the feminine energy, I want to rephrase that and and call it the compassion of a mother energy. Mm. And one of the teachings of Cryon is that women carry the shamanic energies and they were the original shamans. And the female body is built for enhanced intuition and communication. It comes with motherhood and raising children and having compassion and wisdom to guide children. And so that has been lost over the centuries where things started to become controlled and the way you control is to have men in charge and then how you then have all your men control is you give the men power to control women and children and animals and so you maintain this structure of control by being the stronger one that you can suppress those who are weaker than you in strength and yet it wasn't always that way Cryon has told us that the women gave the shamanic teachings and the men actually counted on the women and their shamanic guidance and not just spiritually. For example, when we were the hunter-gatherer societies, one of the things that in seafaring areas, men would go out and go fishing. So they would actually rely on the women through their intuition and connection with the planet to guide them to where to go for fishing. Imagine that, men being guided in navigation by women. And yet the men did it because they knew that if they followed that intuition coming from the woman, they would get the biggest catch of fish. So you can see that it was a real balance between the genders and allowing the communication and also if you're when you're a little child who is it that you want to go to to seek comfort and advice and wisdom from it's it's often the mother that you want to go to because you have compassionate understanding you have compassionate wisdom and Think of your whatever background you're from. You may have someone that you look to spiritually and think of that master. It could be uh, Jesus. It could be the Dalai Lama. It could be anyone. But when you start looking at the attributes of that person, what they carry 
is that feminine, compassion, mother energy. So it's present in both men and women because it's an energy that comes through the veil, what I call the veil, the the creative source of all things carries that divine, compassionate energy. And it's expressed more readily through women because we are built to give life. We are the life givers, the life creators, and it's innately inherent in our in our DNA. And so I feel that when you have women guiding and leading and instructing, it creates a softness that creates harmony and balance. And that is what we're starting to see emerge on our planet. And this energy can be embodied by men as well as women but predominantly it's going to be shifting away from this masculine energy of power to a softness of feminine energy that is about cooperation and harmony and balance so i mean when we when I look back again in history and see some of the more prominent female figures, many of them had to actually have very heavy masculine qualities to compete mm. in their field to where they get to. Yes. And so now it really is evident with that Me Too movement where those inappropriate actions against women have been happening for a very long time. But all of a sudden, it matters. And there is an energy that supports those with the voice that says, enough, no more. We, this is not appropriate. So already there is a co- collective consciousness that is understanding that certain things are no longer appropriate and that we won't accept them anymore. And so these feminine energies are starting to become known and felt and acted upon, more importantly. So I I hope that answers your question. Yes, no, and I love that because for me, I have worked a lot on my feminine energy aspects as well. And, And I loved what you shared because... As I started to practice a lot of Buddhism after being raised in a Jewish family, I I started to notice how some members of my family thought, you know, like, oh, you're praying to Buddha, like, you know, uh, to this other deity. And I'm like, no, my understanding of this is awakening the qualities. And as you say, those qualities of love and compassion and kindness and and a more open-hearted qualities that are suited for these times because, as you said, the, the masculine power down uh, ladder or pyramid is no longer serving us as society. 
So moving towards those energies are so important. And Monica, I would love to continue to explore so many different topics that I, I believe that you would be able to share. But I want to honor your time as well. So I want to get to the last few questions. And the first is, where can people go in terms of a resource to, to learn more about what you do and as well about themselves? Absolutely. So the first go-to place that I would invite those of you who are awakening or want to explore this further is a website website called cryon.com and that is spelt k-r-y-o-n.com and the most popular place on that website cryon.com is a place where there are hundreds of hours of channelings from lee carroll given through that beautiful loving angelic entity called cryon in that website, crime.com, there is a section called the free audio. You can go there and listen to the beautiful, empowering, loving teachings and messages from Cryon. Then there is also my own website, monikamarani.com, M-O-N-I-K-A-M-U-R. A-N-Y-I, monicamarani.com. And I have loads of articles on that website that you can read. They're very short articles on certain topics. They are the two places that I would definitely recommend you to go and begin there and have a look around and have a play. Mm, beautiful. I have been listening to Crayon's channelings with my parents for so many years now. It's such a wonderful resource and library of, of audios and teachings. And, as, and I want to say my mom keeps on telling me since she finished reading it, uh, The Woman of uh, Lemuria, that one I would recommend also everyone to to go and and get that book by Monica. Uh, my mom keeps on telling me you need to get it, you need to get it, uh, and everything that my mom tells me in terms of that, I trust her. So <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> um, Monica, I um, I want to know as we're getting towards the end of the episode, what is the one thing that you wish everyone in the world knew? The one thing I wish everyone knew was that there is more to you than what you have been told inside of you is the most magnificent soul that has no beginning and no end this planet is here in support of everything you do and that you are loved beyond measure Mm, so nice I, I just got goosebumps ah, so so wonderful thank you so much monica for taking the time and and for everyone listening as well every wednesday monica and lee are doing the healing wednesdays as well with this is at least if you're in the u.s if you are like me in new zealand that's on thursdays here but wonderful conversations on these times as well and monica if people want to, on social media, where can they go as well if they're using social media? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I have my Facebook account, which is Monica Morani, and we also have a Facebook account called Cryon Lee Carroll. Those two places will allow you to connect through social media. And I'm really glad that you mentioned about the Healing Wednesday program that I've been doing with Lee Carroll. We give these every single Wednesday. It's available as a subscription. However, we give the first Wednesday of every month available to you for free for you to experience and enjoy. And the best way to find out more information about the weekly Wednesday healing circle is on cryonmasters.com. So cryonmasters, or one word, dot com, and that's K-R-Y-O-N-M-A-S-T-E-R-S dot com cryonmasters.com so i would love for you to experience one of those healing wednesdays we have several of them now available to you that again every first wednesday of the month is given to you for free wonderful um we will have all of those links as well in the in the episode notes so that it's easier for everyone to to get into them thank you so much monica for for your time for sharing with us about your journey and about what you're doing that is so wonderful. I I always love to celebrate those that I believe are doing the the things to, to make the planet and to make everyone uh, better and to raise consciousness. So thank you for, for what you do all of the time and for taking the time to be here with us. Wonderful. Love and blessings to you and thanks. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time. Bye. (laughs) What did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and said so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.